you gonna do when Hulkamania and those Philadelphia Eagles run wild on you, buddy? Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. And the voice there, I mean, the unmistakable voice of Hulk Hogan. Is that tonight? Is this happening live? Big Eagles fan, Hulk Hogan. Well, I mean, Hulk knows where, where his fans are at, and he's here in Philadelphia. We uh, we found out that Howie Roseman is at Raw tonight, the 30th anniversary of Raw tonight here in Philadelphia. I've been to... Um, I'm in my fair share of Raws. It's it's been it's been quite some time. I went to a Raw here in what year was that? Maybe 2008, 07. Maybe the last Raw I went to. The first Raw I went to was 1990. It was sometime in the late 90s, eight or nine in um, East Rutherford, New Jersey. The, um, I believe someone was sacrificed. It was either Stone Cold or The Rock. Someone or. Stephanie, was that like the Izod Center? Uh, yeah, it might at that time it might have been the Continental Airlines Arena, um, but it, it was the, the the Brood was part of it. The Undertaker, they were sacrificing people. It was it was a wild time. But how about Howie Roseman? Now, would he have shown up if they lost on Saturday? I don't think so. No, sure. I don't think you could have. No, you can't go. But how, I mean, how he should feel good. He built the best team, best roster in the NFL. They're in the title himself game. a little bit. He should. He, this guy did an amazing job, and he's got his team in the NFC title game. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four to hop in. All right, we're reacting here and and really kind of still celebrating from what happened on Saturday. Just as dominant of a playoff victory as you will ever see for the Eagles. And the opposite happened on Sunday night for all those Cowboys fans out there. And I thought the Niners were going to win that game. I, I thought they'd win the game. I, I picked them to win and cover. I, I thought it'd be a little bit higher scoring. But Dallas had chances yesterday. I mean, they they really had moments in that game. You're like, if they just made a play here, they could steal this game. And they didn't. Dak Prescott turned the ball over again. Uh, so many dumb plays by the Cowboys. I mean, just ridiculously dumb plays. Dalton Schultz not getting himself. First of all, not going out of bounds, allowing himself to be shoved backwards and then go out of bounds. So clock ran late in the game. And then the play where he caught the ball but didn't get both feet in, like, and he was all by himself. Just dumb plays. But this one, for the second straight year to end a playoff game against the Niners, McCarthy and company decide to go just, you know, I mean, zombie just brain. I don't know what they were thinking. Here it is yesterday to end that game. The Cowboys come out their last gasp. And are they going to play Ezekiel Elliott at center here? Look at this formation. Yeah, so they have their right guard and tackle out here, their left guard and left tackle out here. It appears that Zeke's going to go to center. This looks like my flag football team. Final play looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the turf. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. I want you to think about what you just heard there for a second, okay? And, and for everyone out there, we all know a Cowboys fan or two. Just once in a while over the next few months, just send them that play. Just send them a message with that play because it's two years in a row. Now, last year, McCarthy and Dak and whoever's idea it was decided to have him run as the clock is running down, and they didn't have enough time to spike the ball and kick a field goal in a, in a loss to the 49ers. That was last year. This year, all the dumb plays I mentioned, they cost themselves time. They cost themselves field position. So – uh, clearly, the spot they were on the field, a Hail Mary was not going to work. It's, it's too far away. So they, they need to come up with some tr- sort of trick play. So I understand why it wasn't a natural drop-back Hail Mary. You know, Dak can't throw it 70 yards. That's okay. 
But that play, did you hear how Burkhart and Olsen were almost giggling as if a, a child, like when I play football in the, my, my front yard with my kids, they create plays. And like I laugh to myself because like they're eight and five now. So they, they like, they draw on the football, like you run here and then I'll hide the ball under my shirt and then daddy won't know where it is. This is an NFL team and they're laughing at them. And the comedic timing of it was perfect because I felt the same way. Like they lined up in this formation and then... San Francisco called a timeout to uh, adjust their defense, and they come back out, and it was like three minutes of me standing there saying, I don't know what they're going to try, but I'm excited to see it. And it was over in like half a second. Ezekiel Elliott got blew up. Uh, the, the wide receiver, Turpin, got tackled because Dak Prescott's throw was kind of off the mark, and he had to leap to catch it. And that was it. Like, we don't even know what they were trying to do because the play ended so quickly. Yeah, and the craziest part about the reaction is, so like Burkhart and Olsen meet with the coaches. Like, they, they get a conversation with each coach before the game. Now, I don't know if they're going to go over end-of-scenario game, like, we're down this, we got to have the trick play. I don't know if they're going to tell them. But just the fact that they met with these guys and were still dumbfounded by the play they rolled out there yesterday, it, it was amazing. Now, as much fun as Dallas Week would have been around here, and, and Dallas Week would have been great, this is the better matchup, this is the better game. And here's what I know when Sunday is over. If the Eagles win this game and get to the Super Bowl – there, we won't be able to say years from now, well, they beat the Giants and the and the Cowboys and McCarthy to get the Super Bowl. Like they, they're going to, in a year where I think both the Niners and the Eagles both had softer schedules, not the super harder schedule in the league, they have to now go through each other. They are the two best teams by a lot in the NFC. Two best, two, two of the most well-coached teams, best rosters, you know, just everything. Weapons all over the place, playmakers on defense, great pass rusher on each side. This is the way it should be. Like it, it, I like I like that we have this. I know once in a while we get a Cinderella or an upstart or a team from the wild card round, uh, and I guess the, the Bengals apply in, in that case again. But I look at these four teams like they're on a different level, whether it be the coach-quarterback combination to Kansas City, the full roster here, the full roster at San Francisco and how well they're coached on both sides, what Joe Burrow has become and how that team just has taken on his personality of like, we we will beat you and rip your heart out. I love that these are the four teams left. This is the way it should be. Yeah, and I'm sure there might, if the Eagles win, I'm sure there'll be some revisionist history from some people later on saying, well, it wasn't fair. You only beat Brock Purdy. Right. That doesn't count. But I mean, the 49ers have been, if not the best team in the NFL, one of them. I mean, they haven't lost since October 23rd, which... For keeping score at home, that's the same day Bryce Harper hit the home run to to beat the Padres. Wow. If that kind of puts it into perspective for you a little bit. I mean, it's been a long time since they've been on the losing end of a game. Yeah, that is a, that is a long time. This is not a game. Yeah, I don't want to hear any of that. Well, they only beat Brock Purdy. The, the, the Niners have lost the game since that date Tucker just mentioned. 215-592-9494 to hop in here. Look, when, when the Eagles walked off the field Saturday and they walked into the locker room and they and, – you know, a couple things that I thought about as that game ended. Because so I've been mentioning tonight the coaches and how how they have them so buttoned up, so focused. There, there's something really interesting about what's happened here this year, and and I have to say it's probably a lot on Sirianni, on Gannon, on the way these guys are wired, but also the leaders here, the Jalen Hurts of the world, the Devonte Smiths. I found it really almost in a way refreshing. They didn't really celebrate much on Saturday, like. I'm sure they had, as Hurt said on the field after the game to Pam Oliver, they had their 12 hours to celebrate this and enjoy it. I'm sure they do probably more privately than they do publicly. But, you know, I, I think back to 2017, the Eagles celebrated that win over the Falcons. 
And they were underdogs in that game, and they they were kind of counted out, and that wasn't the case this week because the Eagles were big favorites over a Giants team. They should have been big favorites over. But there's like a an interesting a laser focus to this group that I don't ever remember an Eagles team having. Maybe the 4 team because they were just so hell-bent on we need to get to the Super Bowl that nothing was satisfying until that moment, that they couldn't let their guard down at all until they beat the Falcons in the NFC Championship game, that everything before it was just like a step of the way. Don't even blink. A step of the way. This team has some of that. I mean, I I, I was at the game when they clinched the number one seed. It didn't even feel like they celebrated. They won the division. They got the number one seed. I, I think Hertz said something about, you know, he's not a big hat and T-shirt guy. Like, it's, it's nice, but they've got bigger goals. They won a playoff game 38-7 to on, on Saturday night. And it, it felt to them, the way they were projecting in the locker room after the game, as if it was a, a Week 15, you know, run-of-the-mill game. Like, a big game, but not that big of a deal. I, I think it's great. I mean, there's, there, there's no... Like, the eye is completely on the prize with this group. And I, I'm not sure where that comes from. Some of it's probably just innate with these guys, but maybe it's the coaching staff, too. Like, they, they don't seem to take their eye off the prize at all here. No, and one thing I think you always worry about with teams is when they beat a team as badly as the Eagles beat the Giants on Saturday night is they're going to overlook it, right? They're feeling themselves a little bit too much, and they're going to overlook San Francisco and Brock Purdy and might get caught flat-footed on Sunday. And I just don't think that's the case with this team. And maybe it's because you have so many blue-chip talent players from the SEC. Like Jalen Hurts has played in national championship games. Devontae Smith has played in national championship games. Landon Dickerson. And then you kind of go to the older guys. Lane Johnson's won a Super Bowl. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. A lot of this team has been here and done that on a big stage. I wonder if it just doesn't phase them, if they fully understand what their goal is and they know how to get there because they have done it before, albeit at varying levels. Yeah, there's a there's a weird maturity to them because there's a lot of young guys. I mean, obviously there's the older guys, the BG and, and Lane and those guys, Kelsey, that have been through this before, won a championship and had a parade here. But there's also a lot of young guys that you would think – not not that the moment would overwhelm them, but they they'd get they'd enjoy it a little bit more. And is it's rare to see this. I mean, it's just it is with young young teams, young players, I should say. When they win playoff games, they celebrate. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. But you know, the four teams we have left here, I, I think it, it's going to make this an incredible championship Sunday. All of them have one goal. And that's to win a Super Bowl. The Niners have been, what, three of the last four NFC title games? The Eagles have, as Tucker said, blue-chip young players, Hurts, Devontae, Dickerson, those kind of guys, that you know, big program guys. And and the Niners have been in these, this game a million times. And then look at the other two. The Chiefs and Bengals, all they think about is the Super Bowl. Like You have Patrick Mahomes, all you think about is the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow has turned the one of the biggest loser franchises in sports into a team that now thinks nothing but Super Bowl. Like that makes this whole thing, it makes it it makes it more fun. I mean, I, I'm I'm extra excited about it because of the four teams we have left, and and the cool thing, and we I talked about this at the end of the season, and and we wondered if it could work, and I and I didn't know. I just gave theories. It talked about other teams. Did, you know, I I think we have to remember this again. I mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, maybe we should think about next summer when Sirianni's sitting players or going through 58 minute practices like. What really matters here? And I think back to the end of the regular season, maybe in the future, we'll remember that the end of the regular season doesn't really matter that much either. I mean, the Eagles did not play their best football in December. I mean, we know that. They had injuries. They got banged up. They lost the Saints at home. It didn't matter. 
It, it didn't matter. Here's what matters. When the ball is snapped, when the ball is kicked off to start the playoffs, are you ready to play your best that night? That's all that matters. The Eagles, especially if they win this week, will be further proof of that. Like, the whole momentum thing. Momentum. We heard all week about the Giants had momentum. They won a playoff game. It didn't matter. The Eagles had better players, better coaches, home field advantage, rest. Like, all that stuff. I mean, I think the Eagles have a chance here to to kind of be remembered like that Saints team in 09 that was 13 and 0 lost three straight and then matter they got in the playoffs and just and then they smoked the Cardinals and then won a title game against the the Vikings and then won the Super Bowl against the um the Colts like it doesn't matter all that matters is you play your best in, in the game like I, I I just it it doesn't matter and it's funny we have of the teams left here the Bengals haven't lost in a while the 49ers haven't lost in a while the Chiefs are always uh, you know a viable team, but now they have Mahomes banged up, and the Eagles had a tough December. Like it's it's four teams coming from different levels. It it, it doesn't matter. It matters how you play when the playoffs start. Not this whole momentum December thing. It's it, it's all something that we've created to make. I think we made ourselves worried, and then the Eagles they calmed that worry pretty fast. Let's go to Brian, who's up on WIP. Hey Brian. Hey, what's up, Joe G? How are you? Good, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. N- number one, I think the nice thing is, is that the best four teams are in the finals, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, it was, it, it was a little surprising yesterday, the way the bills played, uh, you know, I really kind of thought they would win that game, but they just couldn't get anything started. It was great. It was crazy. Yeah, it was so. Brian. I, it's funny watching the bills and the way they play and the way they don't run it. Well, it's almost like. They're not built for cold weather. They're not built for their own stadium, and the, and the Bengals just seemed much more comfortable in the snow yesterday. Uh, you're you're spot on, and, and the and the thing is, the Bengals had Mixon, the Bills had nobody close right. to him. So, but uh, yeah, and, and on the Eagles, um, yeah, it was obviously obviously a great win Saturday night. Um, you know, I feel confident uh, for Sunday with Purdy. You know, it's it's hard to see Purdy coming in here and winning. You know, 100%. You know, he's played very well, but, you know, the atmosphere, I think, is going to be really difficult for him. And and, and then they're, they're going to be able to get to him, you know, and pressure him. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game, but. Yeah, and the I, thing about Purdy, Brian, he's, I mean, he's just never had to have an atmosphere like this yet in his NFL career. I mean, that's, I think there's been five. Five rookie quarterbacks that have gotten to the championship game, like the AFC or NFC, and they've all lost at that spot. And I would imagine, I would imagine probably all of them are on the road, or maybe four of the five are on the road. It's just a very difficult ask to have him come here and play really well. It, it is ext- exactly. It's extremely difficult, uh, you know. And, and if he can pull it off, you know, hats off to him. But I mean, I, I do see, um, you know, Joe Burrow was just—he's just a stud. It, it's unbelievable how. How good he really is, and you know, obviously the Mahomes injury is just—that's devastating. I, I'm not even convinced he's going to play on Sunday, but we'll see. He'll probably try and gut it out, but he's not going to—he's not going to be even close to 100. percent Yeah, and and Brian, how much of Mahomes and what he does is because he can get away and he can move and he could just—you know—he could kind of shift in the pocket and run three yards to his right and then throw a bomb. Like if he's—if he's a statue back there, he probably could still you know put up 17 or 24 points. But can he? Can he beat Burrow if he can't be special? I don't think he can. 
No, I, I totally agree. I mean, he's not he's not a huge runner, but the escapability is is huge for him. And no, I I agree. I I I see a Philadelphia Cincinnati you know Super Bowl at this point. Me too. And, and you know what? And Brian appreciate it. And what we'll have obviously you know, three weeks from now that game we played. But that would be an incredible matchup: Eagles and the Bengals, the two quarterbacks in the twenty twenty draft class. That would be so much fun. As far as Purdy goes, it's starting to feel. I'm not going to say he, he played bad yesterday because he outplayed Dak. He, he, he certainly protected the football better than Dak Prescott did. And in a game like that, you just couldn't turn the ball over and you, you'd probably find a way to win. Didn't it feel like yesterday Purdy was just kind of blah? I mean, to, in the first quarter against the Seahawks, it looked like he was trying to throw, turn it over, and then he settled down. But that team's not very good. Yesterday he faced a good defense, and he just was blah. He, he, it, it almost felt you felt like he, you forgot he was actually back there playing quarterback. N- nothing special just mostly okay it feels like he might be coming back to earth here yeah I think it was the first game he didn't throw multiple touchdowns all season he had thrown at least two or three in every game and I wouldn't say he was exposed but I think the one thing Kyle Shanahan does that tends to hamstring him in the playoffs and I, I actually thought this last year I think we talked about it last year he doesn't let his quarterbacks win games for him in the postseason And I think if I'm the Eagles and I'm Jonathan Gannon and I'm kind of watching the film and breaking it down, I'm not fearing Brock Purdy because he doesn't let Brock Purdy win the game. He's not going to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands down four with two minutes to go and let him lead a drive. If you're playing a Kyle Shanahan offense with a quarterback like Brock Purdy, I really don't think you have to fear him. Like He might make the throws that you let him make, but he's not going to make the difficult throws. He's not going to put the ball in tight situations and... In a game where I think the talent level is just about even, that's not going to be enough. Yeah, he almost got picked. He's done things in the last, obviously the last two games is the one I've, I've watched the most. I mean, I've watched every snap of the last two games he's played. I didn't do that. Most of us didn't during the season. You know what he has a tendency to do? I think the Eagles could take advantage of it on Sunday. You notice he keeps rolling to his left. He's obviously a right-handed quarterback. He rolls to his left like he's Kyler Murray or, you know, Josh Allen. And he tries to bomb the ball down the field as he's, he's falling away. And he nearly got picked on it last week. He nearly got picked on it yesterday. I think there was a play that it was double coverage down the field and the ball just went incomplete or whatever it was. It wasn't actually a, a pick. You know, the Eagles can get him next week. They absolutely can. So he, here are the four quarterbacks. So there's been – is it four or five? It's, um, here is the full list of quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks that have been to the title game. Sean King was the first one in 99, Bucks at the Rams. Obviously he lost. Next one was Big Ben – and they hosted the steel, the uh, hosted the Patriots in. in Steelers o- were fifteen and one that year. Yes, and I think he had what he was like fourteen and zero as a starter. Yeah, because Tommy Maddox started the year and it's got hurt. Kind of Purdy-ish, uh, although Ben was a first round pick. Like he was going to eventually be the quarterback anyway. They lost at home to the Patriots. That's the that's the only one. Ben is the only rookie quarterback to be at home in a title game. The other ones after that was Flacco in 08, lost the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and then Mark Sanchez 09. Lost to the Colts in Indianapolis. So three of the first four have been on the road. Purdy's going to be number five. So four of the of the five you know rookie quarterbacks to to be in in a championship game on the road. None of them ever won. I mean, there's and and think about some of those guys. Like Big Ben went on to be a Hall of Famer. Flacco went on to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, on the scale of those guys, I, I would guess Purdy's career is probably going to end up more of a Sanchez, Sean King than a Flacco or Roethlisberger, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe this, maybe he's going to be good for a while. I, I don't know, but I would, I would guess this is probably more Mark Sanchez, Sean King in a title game. Do you think he's their opening day starter next year? 
even as they keep posturing that Jimmy G could be back for the Super Bowl? Probably. I'm not I'm not sure of it though yet. I'm not I mean he could implode and they could have, you know, doubts and they could go back to Trey Lance, but I don't know. Like if they lose twenty four seventeen on Sunday, I don't know. I, I think he would be the minus two hundred to to be the opening day starter. Yeah, for sure the favorite. I mean the way he's played and, and what's the other option? A guy coming off an ankle, a broken leg? Tom Brady begging to go there for the you know second time in three years. I I don't know who their other options are, and obviously Jimmy G's out there, but he's a free agent. I I, I think that relationship is is all but over. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop aboard. We'll come back. Your phone calls and listen. This game on Sunday and everything we have coming up here, it's going to be incredible. And part of the reason why this is so much fun, this is so exciting right now is that the quarterback is back. Jalen Hurts was back. He played like himself. He looked like himself. And then how about Nick Sirianni dropping the compliment of all compliments? Like, there's no bigger compliment in sports than what Nick Sirianni had to say about Jalen Hurts. You'll hear that next. My reaction to what he had to say about the Eagles quarterback. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP.